It is Monday, February 12th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. The Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl champs once again. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. First and goal at the three. Lining up in the clock at 10 seconds and ticking. In the shotgun, Mahomes. Four-man front, receiver in motion, low snap. He runs and he throws, caught, touchdown! It's caught! Hartman caught the ball! The Chiefs have won! The Chiefs have won! The entire bench empties! Chasing Mahomes in the end zone! Their third Super Bowl in five years! The Chiefs are back-to-back! Super Bowl champions. It is a dynasty. The Chiefs have won Super Bowl 58, 25, 22 in overtime. Kevin Harlan with the call on Westwood One. AJ, that's the Vegas lead. The Kansas City Chiefs back to back. Yeah, I mean, pretty incredible. Uh, This was more than I think anyone could have hoped for or asked for from this game this i mean you get overtime you get uh you get drama it was a fantastic game um and i mean it wasn't it wasn't far off the the point spread or the total vegas kind of had a good feeling for how this game was going to go and i mean man this was this is one of the better super bowls we've seen in a long time it didn't start out that way, though. This was a boring no. first half. Uh, it wound up being a 10-3 first half. But, it, it, you know, watching those drives, the defense dominated. The first drive for the 49ers ended in a turnover. I mean, that's a nice payout if you played that prop for the first drive of the game to result in a turnover. Uh, an uncharacteristic fumble from Christian like, McCaffrey. On a drive where, it, I mean, it looked like the 49ers were just going to ram it down their throat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and as someone who had 49ers to win the first quarter, 49ers over three and a half in the, in the first quarter, like I I was invested in the Niners getting that touchdown. And for them to, uh, for that to be the result was shocking. Like I thought, uh, if Purdy would have thrown an interception, it wouldn't have hurt me as much. Mm-hmm. But because it was Christian McCaffrey who fumbled and he just never lets go of the football, that was a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, and then the next couple of drives, it was three and out, four and out, four and out. And then the 49ers put together a nice drive that stalls out, and they wind up kicking a field goal to start the second quarter. That field goal was a 55-yarder by Jake Moody, which cashes the over on the longest field goal kicked in the game. But 3 nothing, and then you're thinking, okay, you know, now that they got off to a start here, all right, in a little bit of a groove, and then – Kansas City fumbles when Isaiah Pacheco fumbled the football I said because the Chiefs were going into score and they you know that was inside the 10 yard line yeah and when that happened I I said to somebody at the party I was with I said "Ooh, this might not be the Chiefs night 
Like, that is just some bad juju right there. Not Juju Smith-Schuster. That's another bad juju. <laughs> but no, I said, that's just some bad juju right there, fumbling as they're going to go in to score and then watch the 49ers go down the field and make it 10 nothing. And Well, they didn't do it on the ensuing drive, but they did it a couple of drives later. And then it's 10 nothing, and Kansas City has the football. And what was your thoughts at 10 nothing when Casey had the football on what was essentially the final drive of the first half, knowing that they had the opportunity to double dip with the first possession of the second half? I, I'll be honest, at the time, I, I, di- I mean, obviously I thought about them having the chance to double dip, but I, I didn't know if they were going to score anything. I, I thought that there was actually a, a better chance that – they were going to go into halftime down 10-0 and it was going to it was going to be a really like uh, intense halftime and I, I didn't know what was going to if they were going to be able to come out out of that funk um but because they got that i said oh they're alive this is this is a game all of a sudden and that was really i know that the niners didn't score in the first quarter and it, even when they they went up 10-0 and and it certainly felt like the niners were in control of that game um, but it did not feel like the Chiefs were even in the game until mm. they kicked that field goal. And then I was like, okay, they're alive. This is still this is still a game. Uh, and I, I think the second half was just ultra competitive back and forth. It was a really fun second half. Yeah, I mean, I bet the Chiefs in the second half, uh, after that drive, I said, you know what? They're getting the ball to start the third quarter, and Andy Reid's going to make some adjustments at half. I got every bit of Chiefs minus three for the second half during the the Usher halftime performance. And, (laughs) you know, they come out. And also in that first half, Travis Kelsey had one catch. Yeah. And and it was for one yard. And and they they showed the clip of him yelling at Andy Reid on the sidelines. Whatever they addressed, and Kelsey didn't want to talk about it after the game, he said, unless uh, the mic'd up catches him. So, like, like, maybe we're going to have to, brother. We're going to have to watch inside the NFL this week to see if we get the mic'd up version to see what Kelsey actually said. But whatever oh, NFL he, lost the footage somehow. Yeah, I can't exactly. Believe it. Exactly. But whatever happened, it, man, what an adjustment in the second half. Now, obviously, the first drive doesn't go their way as Mahomes throws the ill-advised interception and boo-hoo for our under a half an interception for Patrick Mahomes, who had been so great in this entire postseason, and that was just a dumb throw there. But then the defenses just continued to dominate, three and out, three and out, three and out, and then the Chiefs have a nine-play drive resulting in a field goal, and then three and out, three and out. And then the game-changing play, Ray-Ray McLeod muffs the punt, allowing the Chiefs to get the football on the 16-yard line, one play, touchdown, completely new game. Yeah, and this is I, – I always talk about this. In these big games, teams, they they shrink their circle of trust. And I was shocked that Ray Ray McLeod was returning punts. I thought for sure they'd have Debo out there returning punts just to – like because he's a guy you trust. Like, he's a guy who you don't – you're not worried about doing something like that. But, but Debo right. got banged that, up that again. Really was. Debo yeah, got banged true. up again. And you know what? The Debo unders cashed. And that was one yep. that RJ talked about. The guy gets hurt every game. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, that's a good point. But man, it, it, that was—you're right. That was the the turning point of the entire game, um, and that gave it gave the Chiefs life when it it almost felt like they didn't have any. Like it was—they were about to lose the game, 
and that happened in an instant score and the it, the game was was turned on its head for the, for the 49ers. Well, credit the 49ers who on the ensuing possession just, you know, march right down the field and score the touchdown on a trick play, Juwan Jennings throwing oh no that was the Juwan Jennings the first touchdown was the trick this play. was the Juwan Jennings, Jennings catch he actually caught that man he was on his way to be Super Bowl MVP he would have been the MVP had they won like, no doubt like jo- Juwan Jennings was on his way to win Super Bowl MVP but then the the pivotal another pivotal play on special teams the Jake Moody extra point gets blocked and instead of it being a 17-13 game it's a 16-13 game, and that allows the Chiefs to tie it with a field goal, and then both teams exchanging field goals at the end of the fourth quarter, which sent us into overtime. If that extra point goes in, AJ, do you think the 49ers win the game? Uh, yes, I do. But that's something that we also kind of knew was the the Kansas City Chiefs had a special team's advantage over the 49ers. The, the, like, they the Chiefs had a kicker they that they trust, and even in pregame warmups, like Moody was missing thirty yard field goals and warmups, and Butker finished his warmup with a seventy yard field goal. Uh, so it was like it, you knew that the Chiefs trusted Butker, and that the Niners did not trust Moody. And sure enough, there, a moment in that game where actually multiple moments in that game where special teams bit them in the ass. Yeah, I just think like. If that goes in, obviously, like, the math just changes, right? But it also could change the way that the Chiefs call plays because, you know, knowing that you're down a field goal and you can get that field goal when you're in field goal range, maybe you're, you know, a little less aggressive than you would be if you were down four and you needed a touchdown and the field goal doesn't help you. So I think there's... It's yes, you, we can say that the extra point being blocked like changes everything, like as far as advantage 49ers, but it could have also been advantage Kansas City Chiefs because maybe there's some different play calling. Maybe they're going for it on a fourth maybe. down, you know, May, you know, third and goal at the three. Is it a different play call there instead of Mahomes getting sacked for minus three yards? Like, do they run the ball? on third and goal at the three, knowing that they're going to go for it on fourth down because they're down four. Like those are the type of things that you have to think about. And that brings me to the overtime conversation. And I know Fezzik disagrees because we had a little text thread before uh, we we recorded uh, this show. I think Kyle Shanahan's an absolute moron for taking the ball first. In okay. the new In the new overtime rules which is essentially like college overtime. Both teams possess the ball. Even if you score a touchdown on your opening drive, it doesn't matter. And even if the quarter would have ended and the Chiefs didn't score, it doesn't matter. They would have gone to a double overtime to allow the Chiefs to finish their drive. You have to know the rules. When both teams have a whole possession, you have to go second. You have to know what you have to get because it completely changes the way you call plays. If the Kansas City Chiefs took the ball first instead of second, right? We know that Kyle, 49ers chose to to take the ball, but let's say the Chiefs had the ball first and the drive plays out the exact same way. The Chiefs are punting, right? They're punting. On third and one, 
uh, on fourth and one at their own 34-yard line, they're punting, right? And then Kyle Shanahan, you know, can say, oh, well, then all we need is a field goal to win the game. But you're not going to go for it. You're not going to go for it on your own 34-yard line because you're just giving the game away because all the other team needs is a field goal if they stop you. But if you know that you need a touchdown or you need you, you you already know you need to go for it on fourth down, it changes what you call on second down. It changes what you call on third down. And obviously you're going for it on every fourth down. Your whole playbook changes because you know that you have four downs to achieve the first down as opposed to three and then deciding what to do. I, I'm not sure. I, I mean, I guess you're like – you're on it. Like, let's say you take the ball, you're playing for three downs, punt, field goal. The other team's playing for four downs if you score. So I get that. But if both teams punt, don't you want the first crack at sudden, de- sudden victory, sudden death? Yes, that's the theory behind getting the ball first is you want that third possession. The problem is there's no guarantee of a third possession. When you play defense first, Guess what? You're guaranteed the second possession of overtime. There's only one guarantee that yeah. both teams will have one possession. There's no guarantee think, that the other team's going to get the second possession. I also think the reason why Kyle decided to take the ball there because it seemed like the Chiefs' defense was out of gas. Like they were, I mean, at the end of the game, they were sitting on the ground, like you know, trying to like when there were timeouts, they they didn't want to get up off the ground. They, yeah, they, they, they AJ, felt like AJ, they were AJ, that's AJ, that's bullshit though, because the Chiefs had the final possession of regulation. They ran an eleven play drive in two minutes, and it, there was plenty of time for the Chiefs' defense to catch their breath before the first possession of overtime. So I don't believe that shit. That's just okay. that's just that's just that's just some that's just saying something cute. No, they had more than enough time to be on the sidelines and catch their breath. And I think I, 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 I think I can see it from both sides. I, I don't think it's a slam dunk either way. I do think you have to consider the idea of when it when it does become sudden death, you want to have the ball. And so if that the only way to get the ball is if you take if you get it first. I, the only way to guarantee yourself the possession, knowing what you have to do is going second. And, and I think that if you take the ball and you, whatever you do, you give the advantage. It doesn't matter if you score a touchdown. You give the advantage to the other team because you're giving them four downs on every, on every drive instead of three downs. Because, the, you know, look at the 49ers. 49ers went down the field. Guess what? They got inside the 10-yard line. They were at the 9-yard line, and they settled for a field goal. Okay? First and 10 at the 15. If, you, if I told you, the 49ers needed a touchdown to tie the game. First and 10 at the 15-yard line, McCaffrey goes for six yards. Okay, second and four, McCaffrey's got, you know, run for no gain. Third and four, fourth and four. Completely different play calls and play designs. Might even be a different play call on second and four. You might be passing it on second and four, knowing that you're probably going to run it on third and four, and then you're going to go for it on fourth and four to get that touchdown. There's no way that you would have done a handoff on first down, a handoff on second down, essentially run, run, pass, punt. They did run, run, pass, field goal in that possession. You call it completely differently, knowing that you need a touchdown. Yeah, I, I think I, I I don't know. It's it, to me, it's like well down the list of things that I I hating on Kyle for today. I I thought his play calling in the third quarter was dreadful. Uh, I I thought he went away from the run at a time where they really needed to control the ball. 
So I, again, I, I can see both sides of the, uh, the, the coin flip conversation in overtime, but I don't know. I, I, I think that this was just one of those games where, where Kyle made decisions that led to later decisions that we have questions about, but I I've got a bigger issue with his play calling early in the second half way more than I do him saying, I'll take the ball. I, because again, I can, I can see an argument for both sides of taking the ball or, or, or letting the chiefs have it. Kyle Shanahan has now had a double-digit lead in all three Super Bowls that he participated in, two as a head coach with the 49ers, one as the OC with the Falcons, and his team blew a double-digit lead in all three games. Is that good or not good? Seems I'm not just good. saying. I'm, I'm, I'm just giving you the facts. <laughs> I'm not hating on Kyle. I'm just yeah. giving you the facts. Seems um, not good. And it's it also, he, I mean, listen, Patrick Mahomes is down double digits every time he's in the Super Bowl. And yeah. uh, just a hard guy to hold down. Well, here was Kyle Shanahan on blowing leads in Super Bowls. Now, this is my second game as a head coach, but um, I think when you go against guys like Tom Brady and Pat Mahomes, you better never feel comfortable with the lead. Those are two of the best players to ever play the game. And that's why if you have a lead or your down points, it's, those guys are always in it. You watch them all the time do that stuff. Well, you would have liked to see the play calling a little different then. No, I, I'm sure he's not. Listen, there's no way to say like, man, he what a what a great game Kyle coached. I, I don't think anybody's looking at that, and uh, it, particularly me as someone who did expect him to coach a great game. I thought this was like a big mm-hmm. moment for him, uh, and I, I don't think he had his best game. But I I don't know. I, again, I, I've got I've got issues. I, I think that lead got blown in the third quarter more so than it did late in the game. Well, let's hear more from Kyle Shanahan on decisions that were made or not made in the game, as well as the performance of his quarterback. No, I mean, we, yeah, when I mean, when we go through football, like, and you watch it as part of our job, I mean, any play that doesn't work, you always think about that. Um, but in terms of like everything that we try to do, we try to prepare as hard as we can, um, and we try to go in there and do exactly what we think's right based off our pre- preparation, what's going on in that game, and try to make the what I can't live with is when I do stuff that I didn't plan on doing or that I didn't do and second guess myself. And um, I'm proud of what we did today as a coaching staff and as players in terms of we did, we worked and we did everything that we planned on doing. We just didn't get it done. And any play that didn't work out. Yeah. You always look at that stuff, but that's, that's how every game is. And that's what we work at. Yeah, I mean, he sounds this sounds a lot like how he sounded after losing the first Super Bowl. Like it's like, yeah, you, you can point to these moments, and but then also, and I think rightfully so, giving a lot of credit to guys like Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes because it's not just Kyle Shanahan losing these games; it's it's those guys taking them, and I, I think that's something important to remember. Those those guys that he lost were probably the two best quarterbacks that have ever played this game. Uh, so it's, it's a tough pill to swallow for sure for Kyle, but, and, and I, I think anybody who loses a Super Bowl, and especially anyone who's now lost multiples is going to look back at those moments where they could have done this differently. And I, I think if you look back at when he was an OC there, like there's plenty of them that got circled that you say, if this is different, the, the whole game changes no matter what. And that's hard to deal with. But I think every game you lose, you're like, man, if this would have gone differently, we could have won that game. That that's a tough, that's a tough thing to let set with you. Well, here was Kyle on why he decided to take the ball in overtime. Uh, it's just something we talked about with, you know, there, none of us have a ton of experience of it, but we went through all the analytics and talked with those guys, and we just thought it'd be better. We wanted the ball third. Um, if both teams matched and scored, we wanted to be the ones who had the chance to go win, and 
Um, we got that field goal, so we knew we had to hold them to at least to a field goal. And if if we did, then we thought it was in our hands after that. So that's what he was saying, AJ. It's like, and that's the Fez reason. It's the analytics. It's you want to have that third possession in case both teams tie. And my point, like I said before, you're only guaranteed the one possession. You're not guaranteed to get the ball back a second time. And I think you have to play to win the game in that one possession. And by going second, you know how to win the game as opposed to, you know, uh, oh, I hope I get the ball back. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I think it's easy to say that in hindsight. I really do think planning for when it's sudden death, when sudden death comes around, like you want to have that ball. If you don't have that ball, then this whole the whole second rule is is useless. This whole new rule after the 17 second Josh Allen thing is useless because if 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 Patrick Mahomes has the ball in sudden death, you, you're probably not winning that game. And I, I think Kyle looked at it that way. Is like I I don't there, there's no way you can let him have the ball with a sudden death scenario because you, you're going to lose that that game more times than you win it for sure I, to me that's the way i would have looked at it is just it, it seems almost impossible to win like that i saw a tremendous tweet last night and i forgot who it was from but it said the kansas city chiefs won the first super bowl under the new rules that were made because of the last time they won the Super Bowl under the old rules. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or not well, not the Super Bowl, but it was like the because of the, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> of the game that they won with the old rules, they changed the rules. Yep. And, and gave, well, also remember, it was the remember the um, the Patriots Super Bowl that they won when they had the ball first. Yeah. Remember? And, and then everyone was like, well, that's not fair. Like, you should be able to give the other team the ball. And it was like, nope like too bad like those are the rules right Hard like times yeah and that's what happened that was the patriots was that um was that patriots which patriots super bowl was that was that patriot that was the patriots falcons patriots falcons that yeah. was the comeback yeah that was the comeback and it went into overtime yeah that's right um and, yeah kyle's well, been on both sides of it yeah <laughs> not both sides he's been on no, the wrong he's side been on the, on the wrong side multiple times <laughs> doesn't matter what the rules are <laughs> Well, let's hear from uh, some Chiefs as they celebrate uh, a back-to-back Super Bowl championship, starting with head coach Andy Reid, talking about the sideline altercation, if you will, between his star tight end and the big fella. Yeah, he was emotional today. So uh, I get it. Man, listen, I have five kids, so I, I, I get how that goes. Um, the part I love is he loves to play the game, and he wants – to help his team win. I mean, it's not a selfish thing. That's not what it is. And I understand that. And so as much as, um, you know, he bumps into me, I get after him. And we understand that. Um, He just caught me off balance. Yeah, that was at a time in the game where it looked like, oh boy, maybe things aren't going to keep going the Kansas City Chiefs way. Um, But again, credit to Andy Reid for, like a lot of, I mean, imagine doing that to Belichick. Like it wouldn't like Kelsey would have never gone back in the game. Uh, Andy Reid understood like, Hey, it's an emotional moment and you you don't make rash decisions based on that emotional moment. And he didn't. And it was the right thing because it seemed like after that, Travis Kelsey kind of took over the game. Yeah. They went to him in the second half. They, they knew that they had to get him the football and they changed some route combinations that were able to work and get him the football. And he winds up going over is both catch prop and yardage prop. Here was uh, Patrick Mahomes on his head coach. 
He's, I mean, he's one of the best coaches of all time. I believe he's the best coach of all time. I mean, I know he doesn't have the trophies yet, and I have a lot of respect for some of those great coaches. Um, but the way he's able to navigate every single team he has, um, continue to have success no matter where he's at. Um, and for me, he brings out the best of me because he lets me be me. I think that's that's important is he doesn't try to make me anyone else. I, I don't think I'd be the quarterback that I am if I didn't have Coach Reed being the, my head coach. Um, and um, and, he, he, and that, other than that, he wants you to be the best person you can be. And that's something that I think is uh, truly special. And there it is. You're a three-time Super Bowl MVP, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, listen, um, I always – like, it, it's funny to look back at that draft where, where Patrick Mahomes – slipped in the draft and it's easy to say like well if 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 you redrafted and you know it, like if you if you go through it again there's no way Patrick Mahomes isn't the first player taken and and you're probably right he's not but it's also hard to say that if Patrick Mahomes were picked by the Bears instead of Mitch Trubisky that he would be this Patrick Mahomes and mm -hmm. I, I think it ended up being like the, the perfect storm and Patrick Mahomes going to Andy Reid. You got this match that's just been, you know, it, it's been magical. And I used to, we used to have this discussion about uh, the Texans getting Deshaun Watson two picks after uh, Mahomes went to Kansas City. And it, it's it's wild to think like if Mahomes had or if, if Andy Reid or the Chiefs had decided they wanted Deshaun Watson would we be, you know, this was before we knew Deshaun Watson was a weirdo, but we talked about would Deshaun Watson be where Patrick Mahomes is? Like if he just, if he got picked by this offensive genius, this quarterback guru, and it, it's hard to say, man, it, it's wild, but whatever happened, it, it's, just, and it's just like, would, would Brady have been Brady if he would have never, you know, went to the Patriots? It, I, no one will ever know, but what we do know is that that pick, uh, that, that the Chiefs made there when they picked him 10th um, mm -hmm. was a, a franchise-changing pick. And, I mean, it's it was the perfect match. Well, here's Mahomes after the game talking about just the situation that he was put in by being drafted to a team that already had the established quarterback like Alex Smith. Yeah, so it's, it's culture, man. I, I got brought into this culture. Um, Alex Smith was leading this team. Um, they had the, the pieces in place, and Coach Reed was the, the ultimate leader. And I got brought in, and I just kind of try to exemplify that and, and keep pushing to be even better. And um, that's why in moments like this, we guys come through, and um, it, it truly is special. It really is special um, just to, to be able to say we're back-to-back -back champs. In a season where Mahomes was not at his best, in a no. season where the Chiefs were not at their best, to go out there and to win a Super Bowl, not just win this Super Bowl, AJ, but the path that they took, according to DVOA, or opposing teams DVOA, yeah. is the most difficult path to a championship ever since the stat was recorded. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that the there's an argument. Yeah, think of, I mean, you think about the opponents, the teams that they went through. I mean, that's, it's just an unbelievable playoff run. It's one of the most impressive things I've seen. Yeah, going into this playoffs, there were we, we looked at these three teams and, you know, no uh, disrespect to the Miami Dolphins, who were a a good, albeit very flawed team. But we looked at these three teams that the Chiefs beat as the three best teams in football. Buffalo, they had to go to Buffalo. They had to go to Baltimore and then to play these 49ers. Those were the three best teams this season. And Kansas City beat them all. And like you said, they beat them all in a year where Kansas city was not at their best. This was, this was probably the, it, it, I mean, it's hard to say it's the worst team that they've had in this run, 
Uh, it's certainly the worst offense that they've had in this run, uh, in this run of time where we've considered them an offensive juggernaut. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's really impressive to see that in when you're in when you have a dynasty, and I think the Patriots were kind of the same way. You, you've got to be able to win in multiple ways, and uh, the Chiefs have they can now say that they they've done it in multiple ways for sure. Well, the game winning touchdown was scored by Mecole Hardman, a guy who was on the Chiefs and then was not on the Chiefs. He was on the Jets at the beginning of the season. (laughs) And if you remember watching Hard Knocks, McCole Hardman was brought up in front of the team on the day that Oz Perlman, the mentalist, visited Uh the Jets. And uh, Oz asked McCole Hardman, he said, you know, we know that you're going to win the Super Bowl. He said, "Who are you? Who are you beating in the Super Bowl?" Yeah, and he said the he said the Forty ers Yeah, and then he said, "What was the score?" And he said, 31-21. And then O's turned around a cardboard that had the logo that displayed Jets over the Forty ers thirty one twenty one in the Super Bowl. So McCole Hardman picked winning the Super Bowl over the Forty ers he just didn't realize that he was going to be back with the Kansas City Chiefs and not a member with the New York Jets. Here was Travis Kelsey speaking about Mecole Hardman. Man, I couldn't be happy for my guy, man. I'll tell you what, it brought me to tears seeing that, that he was the man that uh, got us that lad, this ring, man. It's, um, you know, uh, sometimes the media world can be pretty harsh on a guy. Man, I'll, uh, Mecole is um, he's one of my favorite teammates ever. It's because he just keeps showing up. And he keeps trying to find ways to win. Had a huge play for us early on that, that kind of sparked us. And then on top of that, found a way to win the game for us. When everybody counted, counted him out, even the Jets counted him out. And, um, and man, we were, we were so excited when he got back in the building because he's the kind of guy that brings everybody together. He's got that kind of personality. And that play, AJ, was the same, same play, play <laughs> that they ran last year in the Super Bowl against the Eagles. The touchdown that was caught was that Kadarius Tony, I think, caught that last year. It was. And, yeah. And it was the same exact play. Yeah. And that, I mean, I mean, McCall Hardman probably catches that ball because they decided to healthy scratch Kadarius Tony. It's like, it's wild that what, you know, what's happened over the course of the last season from, you know, the 365 days between then that Super Bowl and this one. Uh, that put me Cole Hardman in that situation. And the fact that they ran that exact same play makes it mm-hmm. even more incredible. But yeah, it's, you, you can't write that, that stuff. That's what's great about the NFL. Like that's just something that there's, there's no way anybody could have projected that. It's amazing. And like, that's like the Andy Reid special play. And you would think like, you see it so many times on film, like, like you would be able to stop it, but some plays are just unstoppable and you wait until the right time to call that play and that's you know that's the right time there it's like if you need the two-point conversion to tie or win the game or if you need that, that play right there to win the football game i mean man that uh that that's how you do it there um with the impressive uh impressive play call there so kansas city chiefs super bowl champions patrick mahomes a three-time super bowl champ three-time super bowl mvp adding to his legacy and the odds already up for next football season. And we have the 49ers as the favorite to win next year's Super Bowl at plus 550. Great. So you're asking me already to bet against the Kansas City Chiefs as an underdog. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I, I never learned my lesson, Scott. It's, a, it's a, three games in a row. I'll, I'll never learn. 
Yeah, the Chiefs are the second favorite at plus 650. Ravens, plus 900. Bills, plus 950. And then the Lions and Bengals, plus 1,200. Uh, We will have a full breakdown of the Super Bowl, wise guy roundtable style, on tomorrow's Straight Out of Vegas AM. So, you get a little teaser this morning with myself and AJ. Like, you know, we do every single Monday morning. But tomorrow morning, special edition of SOVAM. We will be joined by Steve Fezzik and RJ Bell for a Wise Guy Roundtable, a dream preview style podcast, except it is a straight out of Vegas episode. And that'll be a, a full conversation uh, involving, you know, the, everyone here at pregame as we break down Super Bowl 58. Okay, AJ. So, like, where does this rank for you? Was this one, you know, how entertained were you? How great of a game was this? Is this up there with one of the best Super Bowls you've watched? Or is it, you know, ho-hum? No, I mean, I think it was incredible. Like, I, it, because, again, it felt like the, the Niners were going to run away with this thing. And then it, when the when the Chiefs scored right before half, I said, okay, it's a game. And it felt like from that moment on, it was edge of your seat. If anybody said going into overtime they knew who was going to win that game, I think they were lying. Um, like I said, I, I think the, the 49ers D was gassed. I think the chiefs defense was actually a little gassed too. Um, I, I don't, I don't know that if I, if they play that game 10 times, it may be five and five, but it was just, it, it, that's, that was the beauty of it. It was an incredible finish, went right down to the wire. That's, that's what you're hoping for. Especially if you don't have like a, uh, if you don't have a dog in the fight and mm-hmm. me as someone who was very wishy-washy on, who was going to win the game, the side and the total. I didn't have a great feel for it. I ended up taking a little bit of one and a half uh, with the 49ers when it when it popped up, but did not have a great feeling one way or the other and, and didn't have like a strong rooting interest outside of my financial interest in it. All you can ask for is a competitive game, and it was about as competitive as it could have been. Well, we uh, the under was the move. Under 47 and a half does come through, even with overtime. Uh, 25-22 does cash the under 47 and a half and uh, you know the trends had always pointed that you know if you like the underdog you could take the money line because the winner of the Super Bowl 48-7 and 3 now ATS the underdog winning outright here with the Kansas City Chiefs Um, we did not fare well on our props per day no Um, not not we're not hiding from it. Uh, we had shortest scoring drive over 55 seconds. And we oh. said the one thing that could kill us here. Actually, we, we thought our handicap was the only thing that could hurt us here was a turnover. Yeah. Because we both felt that both of these teams were not going to have a quick, long score down the field. The defenses were too good. So we said the only thing that hurts us here is a field goal. Excuse me, a, a turnover. And well... Because of that muffed punt by Ray Ray McLeod, we the got Chiefs one. got the ball in the 16-yard lines, a 16-yard line, and they scored in four seconds. So we missed that. Uh, either team to score 30, the no, that cashed in as no team got the 30 points. Uh, your favorite play, the team to score last wins. That did cash as the Chiefs were the team to score last <laughs> yeah. and win. When the game goes this so, way, that certainly goes that way. That's the beauty of uh, the <laughs> overtime. <laughs> Yes. Uh, Let's see. Pacheco, the leading rusher in the game. It was cute, but uh, we did not catch that. McCaffrey wound up being the leading rusher in the game. Patrick Mahomes was actually the leading rusher 
for the Kansas City Chiefs, thanks to that long run there. Pacheco finished, I think, six yards short of his rushing prop. So could have had it. Maybe if Mahomes doesn't go for that long run, they yeah. give uh, Pacheco another carry. And uh, it's a different story there. Longest field goal over 47 and a half. We cashed that on the first field goal of the game, the 55 yarder by Moody. So we were happy about that. Both teams to score one rushing touchdown. Womp, womp, womp. That didn't go anywhere. Uh, Second half under burned because of overtime. And uh, actually, I think it was burned before the overtime. I think it was too, yeah. Right? Yeah, because even if you had the 24 and a half instead of the 23 and a half, the Chiefs scored 10 points in the fourth quarter. I mean, the third quarter, and then the Niners had nine in the fourth. Chiefs had six in the fourth. So it went over even before uh, the overtime there. So 18-3, and three, Chiefs second half unders this season. Hey, you know what? If I'm going to lose a prop, I'm going to lose one. I'm going to lose the one that I've been playing every single game of the season. Well, not the first like five games of the season, yeah. but since the mid, since like the midpoint of the season, no one uh, can hate on you that every single week. Exactly. You, got, you, you dance with the one who brung you. <laughs> exactly. And chief second half unders did bring me there for the last, you know, past three months. Uh, shortest touchdown under one and a half yards. That is an L. That's another loss. We did not have a goal line score. And this one really hurts me, AJ. Patrick Mahomes to not throw an interception. Mm. I I just, I don't, I didn't understand why he threw that football, where he threw that football. That was very un Patrick Mahomes, like lofting that football into the air. Yeah. yeah. That's a bummer. Not a decision you'd expect out of Patrick Mahomes in that situation, but yeah, that's why it's gambling, Scott. Yep. And the ultimate bad beat of the Super Bowl. In case you were wondering what the worst beat of the Super Bowl was Brock Purdy's rushing total prop was 12 and a half yards. Brock Purdy had 13 rushing yards prior to the final possession of regulation after the Chiefs tied the game 1919. Brock Purdy took a kneel down for minus one yard to send the game into overtime and Purdy finished with 12 rushing yards. The we talked about that bad beat of the Super Bowl. We we always talk about these rushing quarterback props. That's what that's what it often comes down to, man. If it's close, you're in trouble because it's hard to win those things once they start kneeling. But this was I mean, think about at this. least this at was least Mahomes kneel- didn't like Mahomes could have kneeled like 10 times and still gone over his prop. This was a kneel down like at the end of regulation. This wasn't Not like even the I'm, end of the it's game. going to overtime. That's what I'm saying. Like this wasn't like, oh, we're winning and we're going to take like two knees to burn the clock while the <laughs> other team has no timeouts. Like this was the Chiefs scored and kicked the ball off with three seconds left. And if it's not a touchback, they just go into overtime after the kick return. But because it was a touchback, Purdy has to kneel the football down yep. and then it minus one yard and he winds up finishing with 12 yards. That is the bad beat of the Super Bowl. Once again, we will have a full Super Bowl breakdown on tomorrow morning, straight out of Vegas AM featuring RJ Bell and Steve Fezzik. So you do not want to miss that episode. Uh, that'll That's going to tie a bow because we're not tying the bow yet because we have that episode tomorrow, but that'll conclude uh, this portion of the Super Bowl 58 breakdown. Again, Chiefs with the 25-22 win over the 49ers. Patrick Mahomes, the MVP. 
and another football season in the books. I know people tend to say this every year, but I'm feeling good about 2024. And whether you're looking for a bit of New Year sparkle yourself or a gift for someone else, and I got to say, I don't know if he'd love it, but AJ and a diamond earring. I just feel it. I just do. Blue Nile offers peace of mind with every purchase with some of the highest quality standards in the industry. And remember, quality matters because let's be candid at other places at a lot of these jewelry places you're not getting quite what you think you're getting well blue now has been around a long time and has satisfied customers for a long long time and the quality standards the highest some of the highest in the industry if you've got questions blue now's jewelry experts are on hand 24 7 that's 24 7 via phone or chat Experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile today at Blue Nile, the original online jeweler. Go to BlueNile.com to find the perfect piece today. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's RJ Bell for Rocket Money. Listen, you know, there's no locks. You know that for sure. But almost a lock is each and every one of you has things you're paying for each and every month that you don't use or aren't worth how much you're paying for them. There's a better alternative. And we have Scott Seidenberg with us to tell about one of his discoveries with Rocket Money. Yeah, discovered that I was still paying for an old editing software that I hadn't used in months. Let's be honest. It was years. And listen, be honest with yourself. Think of the things you've bought. Think about the times you've had a free trial and all of a sudden it auto-billed in and it's been auto-billing. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash RJ. That's rocketmoney.com slash RJ. Rocketmoney.com slash RJ. There were other sports played yesterday. What? Um, yeah, yeah, it, it did happen. Uh, other sports went down. Uh, Celtics beat the Heat 110-106. Jason Tatum had 26 points and 10 boards. Thunder topped the Kings 127-113. So that was, you know, two fun games in the association. And the NBA back in action with a full schedule tonight. Let's let's preview what we got. Pacers are at the Hornets in the 11.5 point favorites. Total of 238.5 in that game. Sixers are at the Cavs. Cleveland, 9.5 point favorites. I know it's a heavy spread there, AJ, but we have a Cleveland team that just never loses basketball games. They've won nine straight and what is it? 16 out of their last 17 games. Yeah. They, I mean, they're on absolute fire. It's a big number to lay for sure. Like you said, but I mean, I'm not betting against them here. I can tell you that much. And it's not like Joel Embiid's going to all right. of a sudden come back and, and dominate the game for the Sixers. Uh, the Bulls are at the Hawks. Atlanta, three-and-a-half-point favorite. Spurs at the Raptors. Toronto laying six-and-a-half. The Knicks visit the Rockets. New York, four-and-a-half-point road favorites. Pelicans at the Grizzlies. New Orleans, eight-and-a-half-point favorites. Nuggets at the Bucks. Denver laying one-and-a-half. Do we like Milwaukee as a home dog here? Uh, I don't know. Milwaukee just hasn't seemed like the same team since Doc Rivers got there. So I don't I don't think I'm looking to back them. I think I'll uh, I'll I'll let someone else throw their money on that. I feel like you just got to stay away until they prove yeah, that they until can they're turn back this to normal, around, right? Yeah. Uh, the Wizards are at the Mavericks. Dallas fourteen and a half point favorites. Warriors visit the Jazz. Golden State one and a half point favorites. Steph Curry's been on a no tear doubt. lately. Looks like MVP I mean, Steph. Yeah, thirty points in the game against um, Phoenix. 
when he hit the winner. 42 points the game before that against Indy. Had a quiet game against, uh, you know, Philly. And that, but it was 29, 60 before that, 20. He's averaging 31.7 points per game in the month of February. Is that good? Seems that's, good. That's, yeah, and that and that includes the dud against uh, against Philly. Uh, one final game, Timberwolves at the Clippers, L.A., three-and-a-half-point favorites. So here you get your Timberwolves as a dog here, but the Clippers, you know, they've risen up the ranks and might be – you know, these are the two best teams in the Western Conference here. Could be a Western Conference Finals preview. Only one game in top 25 action yesterday. And you talk about bad beats. How about you are an eight? You're back in an eight point home dog. You probably feel pretty good about that when it goes to overtime. And that was the case with Florida Atlantic. Did they win the toss and elect to have the ball Actually, first? Actually, they didn't. No, they said give them the ball. Okay. No, but uh, Florida Atlantic was an eight-and-a-half-point road favorite at Wichita State. Uh, they go, it goes to overtime. Wichita gets it all the way back there to the to overtime, and they lose by 13 at home in overtime. It's never fun taking the, the dog to overtime, but usually you think eight-plus points are okay. 95-82 is your final. Florida Atlantic gets the win on the road. Only two games in top 25 action tonight. Wake Forest at number nine, Duke. Duke laying seven and a half points. And the number four, Kansas Jayhawks. Scott, this is your kind of system play here. Number four, Jayhawks. Yeah. We got two ranked at teams. number 23, Texas Tech. Texas Tech, a two and a half point favorite are you going to be backing the red raiders tonight i ain't going against the system we have two ranked teams here playing and the lower ranked team is the home favorite against the higher ranked team so yeah give me the system play all day just two hockey games yesterday the blues crushed the canadians 7-2 and the canucks in overtime beat the capitals 3-2 to uh no word if they won the toss and decided to get the puck first <laughs> Uh, here's a look at your schedule for tonight. Kraken are at the Devils. New Jersey is minus 145. Flames are at the Rangers. Rangers minus 150. Coyotes at the Flyers. Philly minus 145. And the Wild here in Vegas to take on the Knights. VGK minus 145. We're still offering our Super Bowl promo at pregame.com where we are giving you a free best bet. Essentially, we're giving you $25 to spend. Use the promo code SUPER25. And that's going to get you $25 off of anything you'd like at pregame.com. That could, that's basically a free three-star best bet or just take $25 off any subscription that you'd like. Uh, Seven-day all-access, weekend all-access, whatever it is. $25 to spend available for you at pregame.com using the promo code SUPER25. Once again, a full Super Bowl recap coming up tomorrow. Right here on SOBAM featuring RJ Bell and Steve Fezzik. For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM. Yeah.